Well, good morning, Count Black. Good morning. It's good to see each and every one of you here. I know many of our brethren are traveling for the holiday, so do keep them in your prayers. Uh, I know that they covet your prayers so that they might have a safe and enjoyable time. Uh, but I do, I do want to say thank you to everyone who is here. Um, I appreciate each and every one of you and the worship that you offer God this morning. I'm sure pleases his ears as well. So I just want to offer a welcome also, especially to our guests. If you're a visitor, do please um, stay after and let us get to know you. It would be our pleasure to welcome you to Camelback. And we just want to take that few minutes after the service to, to have that touch so that you know um, how much we really do care, because we do. And we want you to be a part of the fellowship here. Um, also, if you are using, there's a new app out called the Faith Life uh, Bible Study app, and you're welcome to use that, you're welcome to follow along in the service. There's a, there's in the settings, you can look up presentations, you can find Camelback Church of Christ, and you're welcome to follow the signals as they pop up on the bottom of that app. Uh, there'll be Bible verses, you can just tap on it, it pops up, um, and there are announcements that you can add to your personal calendar, um, it's not device dependent, or if you just want to look on the webpage, faithlife.com, look up Camelback Church of Christ, you can look under the bulletin and follow many of the slides that I'll be going through today. Um, so I just want to invite you into that if you're welcome to, to look that up and, and follow along as well. I want to share with you a thought by Bob Mandino as we get started. Because today's lesson is entitled that we're going to strive together. And Ag Mandino said, I will persist until I succeed. Always will I take another step. If that is of no avail, then I'll, I'll take another. And yet another. In truth, one step at a time is not too difficult. I know that small attempts, repeated will complete any undertaking. So as we strive together, as we look at the passage today, in the book of Philippians chapter 1, you'll want to have that chapter 1 open and available to you to be able to follow along. Because that's where my aim is today in talking about the text as Paul writes to us about holy living, about striving together. And I want to share with you in that text some things that come from 27 and 28 specifically as you're following along. But let me give you a real-life example of striving together as the body of Christ. As the body of Christ, you might uh, remember a, a couple of weeks ago we had a very sad event with Ben passing away on the 12th Friday night. Um, the elders decided very quickly to have a memorial in his honor and so Bill and I were tasked with working together on that and, and organizing that. And thank you to, to Christy uh, for, for providing the brunch food for that. And just, that's a beautiful example of going from an issue that's just very saddening and, and, and very um, uh, time to mourn. But in working together as brother and sister in Christ and the others that helped thank you as well, we were able to offer a memorial to many people for a man that is godly and wonderful. And I just wanted to say thank you for that. That's an example of coming together and, and working together and striving forward together for the cause of Christ, for those things that are important for us to do. Um, another example, when it comes to marriage, um, if you're sitting close to your, your spouse, I want to ask you to do something for me. 
Um, I'm offering a prepare and rich class, but let's, I want to practice some. This is a model I've used for years. Uh, what if you were to turn and look at each other right now, just, just eye to eye? Just turn and look at each other eye to eye. All right, so what if we're looking eye to eye? Okay, I use this in premarital counseling. It's fun. Okay, there, there's really three positions in your, in your uh, wedded life that you can think about. One of them is eye to eye. And that's, that's one way to look at, at this uh, relationship thing and, and how we strive together as a body. Well, we could just look eye to eye at each other and only look at each other, and we might forget that there's a world kind of going on around us, right? Um, it might be that first time, um, you know, you see stars, right? You're just kind of in love. Well, maybe, maybe that's not the best model because you might miss what's going on around you because you're just looking at each other. Um, what about these other stances in your married life? What if you were to go back to back? Right? Just kind of turning back to back. How does that look? Well, okay, now you're prepared for life. You can see everything that's going on outside, but who are you not looking at? Each other. And I, I don't know about you, but I think my wife would have a problem with that. You know, hey, I'm over here. Okay. Well, what if we were to, as a couple, to stand side by side? How about that? That sounds like a pretty good stance because... That way, we can just face anything. And as we take those steps, as Mandino talks about, together, we can both look towards each other at times when we need to, to see what's going on internally. And then there are times when we can look externally to see what's going on and be aware of what's happening around us and try to face into that. And I think that's what happens in the body of Christ as well. I think we can take that and expand it out because it works in the church as well. We can hide behind the walls and be faced inward, and we can talk about the things that are within church world, and, and, what, and we miss what's happening going on outside, and how uh, we become relevant to those that are outside, and how uh, they react to the gospel, and how we can be proactive in that uh, process of teaching and preaching and, and helping all those that, that, that we come in contact with to see the Christian life. Uh, we can only look outward, and we forget that we have a church to lean on. We forget that we have brothers and sisters who love us and want to support us, realizing that life sometimes is easy and sometimes it's really not, isn't it? So we need each other in that walk as we move together. But if we just look outside, we might be frightened. We look at statistics and we get scared by them. We look at the world at large and we see it's not the same as it used to be in many years past. Or what if we were to stand side by side and say, let's walk together as the body of Christ. How about that model? Do you think that model would work for us? I think it would. I think it would. It's like that game Red Rover. How many of you played Red Rover, Red Rover, right, growing up? Yeah, Red Rover, Red Rover. Yes, and Ryan, right over. And, and as that one person takes off and they look at that line and they start to see... All right, so who's the weakest link that I can... That's the one I'm going for, right? I want to break that line so I can win and steal somebody back. What if we were to play downtown style where instead of holding hands, we were to lock elbows? Like that football stance, right? Oh, oh you want to come at us? All right, we're ready. Bring it on. You know, you would think twice if you were the one that was chosen to run... If you saw that line of people locked together, elbow to elbow, saying, I, I'm like the tackle, bring it on. 
be kind of scary, wouldn't it? Well, what if we were standing side by side, locked in arms? Because I think that's what Paul was looking for. Paul was writing from a prison in Rome. It was not a pleasant condition to write from. And in the verses right before that, around verse 25, right, you can see that Paul himself had said, you know, I'd rather go home. For me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. I'd rather be at home with the Lord than, than to be here. But you know what? For your sake, for your sake, and you notice what he says there, for the progress of the joy of your faith, I will remain in the flesh. So Paul stood right beside the Philippian church. I know he wasn't there in Philippi. He's doing this, you know, spiritually speaking, figuratively. He's locking arms with them saying, you know what? I'm going to stay with you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to take these steps with you that you might grow in your faith while you live your life in the flesh. He was spiritually standing side by side and hoping that they would be matured in the faith and grow in that faith and be stronger in that faith and to draw joy. That's why he wrote it that way right there. From seeing them blossom as they grow up in the Lord. Locking arms together. And so Paul is going to pivot there in verse 27 and he's going to show, he's going to say, you know, here's what I think before. I'd rather go home. I, I, you know, this life's tough. I'd rather just say, all right, Lord, take me. But he says, no, I'm going to stay here for your sake. And then he pivots and he says, all right, here's what I'm expecting from you. So church, what are the practical steps that come next? I'm going to show you three of them today. In verse 27, he talks about conduct. And he starts off with that word only. He says, only conduct yourselves in a manner Worthy of the gospel of Christ. That, that word that translates there, conduct yourselves, in Greek says, live as citizens. We're all citizens of the great country of the U.S., right? Philippi was a Roman colony, and, and to be a Philippian citizen with Roman citizenship, right? You had that stamp of approval. That meant something. That was important. And I'm going to say thank you to those that are sitting here who have, who, have, who have been veterans in the wars or veterans in the services. But more importantly, I want to say thank you because they're sitting here because many of their brothers and sisters in arms gave up their life. That's what we memorialize tomorrow. But here Paul is standing beside them and saying, live as citizens. So you and I have freedom from men that have, and women that have sacrificed their life for our freedoms. Paul says, I'm staying in the flesh for your joy, for your freedom in Christ. I want to see you blossom and grow. Live as citizens. Conduct yourself in a worthy manner. We're citizens of Arizona, right? We're citizens of our local city where we live. We're members of the Lord's Church here at Camelback. We're citizens of the kingdom of heaven. heaven. Paul says, live as citizens. Conduct yourself in a way that other people would see. Hey, that's a citizen of heaven. That's a citizen of the kingdom of God. Their conduct is unique. I want to know what they know. Because our words, our thoughts, our actions demonstrate that we are a different people. I noticed last year when we were caroling at Morningstar over here, um, all the youth did such a wonderful job of singing 
But not only that, but of going out into all of the residents and hugging them. And, and I know they made little cookies to share. And I know that was so appreciated. Um, the Monday after when I went there, they were just so thankful. And I kept thinking, that's citizenship in the kingdom of heaven. That's the citizenship as Christ would have us to act in Christ-like ways. And he ties all of that together with that first word only. I mean, it, all of us have felt like, you know what, Lord, I, this is too much. I'm ready. Take me. I'm okay. But he ties it with only by saying, you know what? I felt like that, but I'm going to stay here. Only, here's what I expect out of you. Live as citizens of the kingdom of God. And he commends that church with that word only to lock arms together and say, work together as the church. <laughs> That Jesus died to save. Everything that came after that wasn't really an option for us to follow. Everything that comes after that word only is a requirement for us to follow. It's a challenge to rise up to meet that bar. And one of the things he says, so that when I hear about you, there's two things. And the first one is, so that when I hear about you, I will hear that you stand firm in the faith. And not just stand firm in the faith, but that you stand firm in one spirit. That means that each and every person has that similar spirit. That we all have that common, that common goal, that common focus of if we're going to stand and we're going to line up together and we're going to lock arms, that we have the same common focus and goal. We're together in this. His answer is, you know, Ethelgard Smith asked this question in Radical Restoration. He says, why are we not more evangelistic? And his answer is really blunt. He says right after that, he says, because we ourselves were never radically converted. Think about it. When Paul was converted on the road to Damascus, was that a private thing? Was that a secret thing? Or was that a radical conversion? When Peter, with all of his ins and outs and his relationship with the Lord, was, it, was that a, a, a little secret conversion? No, that was a radical conversion. And he, with the keys to the kingdom, establishes that church with that first sermon at Pentecost. You notice in Scripture many times when you see people converted, there's joy there. There's excitement there. They were gathering together. They were eating together. They were doing all those wonderful things that Christians do. And the Lord did what? He added to their number daily those who were being saved. It wasn't a secret. The secret was already out. It was Christ and Him crucified. It was the salvation now that was brought to all men that you and I might share in that wonderful opportunity to be a, a member of, of the kingdom of God. And you know, I believe that, that when Paul met Jesus on that road, he was changed radically. Notice what he says in you know, Acts 9, right? It wasn't just a, a, you know, after a long time or after he you know, felt like he sort of recovered. It was three days, right? And he's at once, in 920, right? At once, he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. Y'all believe that? Say amen. Amen. At once he began to preach that Jesus is the Son of God. Paul confounded the leaders of that day. And yet even as that early opposition grew, because they were bewildered, what was this? this? This wasn't the right Paul. We wanted the Paul that was like us. 
He continued to grow and he continued to stand firm in that conversion that Jesus really was the Christ. And that everything that he needed to live for now was in relationship to Christ. And how many people he could talk to to stand firm in their faith. That's a command in Ephesians 4.1. Jude in his book says, contend for the faith. We stand up convicted that Jesus is the Christ. That's what we want other people to know. We want to reach deeper into Scripture and reach higher in our maturity so that the world might know that we are different, our conduct, our firmness in our faith, that the world might be changed. And I would venture to guess that one of the reasons why we ask a question like this is because deep down inside there's not really that conflict going on. It's easy in this society to step back and hide behind the walls and in our own world and say, you know what, I'm just going to be a Christian. I'm just going to make sure that just my kids. Paul gave his life in service to every place he traveled to, preaching the world to anyone that would listen to him, the saving power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Doesn't it prick your heart deep down inside? It's not just our sins. That's what we get tangled up in sometimes. And I think Satan would love to keep us tangled up in there. But we need to stand firm and reach up to that challenge that we're called to, that higher plane to reach up to. And I think to do that, we have to strive together as the body of Christ. Striving together for the faith of the gospel, as he says right there. And in chapter 4, Paul is asking for Yodia and Sintek to get along and for Clement. And he talks about them working together as one spirit and having an impact. If someone were to mention your name or my name in, in the circles outside that you Roman, would it be, hey, we're working together as the body. We're striving together for the cause of Christ. Or are we squabbling over minutia? Because when Paul says it in chapter 4, he says, these people are working together. Their names are written in the book of life. When you look around the room, do you see people whose names are written in the book of life? Live like that. Strive together as people who are going to be together for eternity. Live now while we're, we're going to live like we're going to live then, brethren, if we're locked arm in arm, if we're walking together, striving together for the cause of Christ, we should not be enemies inside these walls. We need each other. We need to view our, our brotherhood, our sisterhood, as members of one body whose name is written in the book of life. Think about that for just a few minutes. And lock arms and strive together for the gospel. And let go of those things that would distract. Whether we're talking about it in our, in our marriages, whether we're talking about in our brotherhood between brothers and sisters in Christ, let it be that when people talk about us, they say their conduct is good. Let it be said that they are firm in their faith, having that one singular spirit. And let it be said that we strive together for the cause of Christ that which is best for the kingdom of God. And so my, my challenge for you today is, what is your takeaway? What is your takeaway? Feel free to jot one of those down or all three of them. 
But what is your takeaway? I hope that you take something away that helps you to be a better Christian for your time together. Dwight D. Eisenhower said this. He said, this world is ours. We must avoid becoming a community of dreadful fear and hate and instead be a proud confederation of mutual trust and respect. My prayer is that we would strive together in that manner. For the faith of the gospel, standing firm, conducting ourselves in a manner worthy. Brethren, if you need the prayers of the church, if there's anything that we can do for you, we want to get down on our knees and pray with you and encourage you. If you have not obeyed the gospel message, please obey the gospel message. The water is ready and we're ready to aid you in that walk with Christ. It's beginning that new walk. Please don't hesitate to come while we stand and sing.